0: Hi, I'm Deepak Madnani, entrepreneur, problem solver, and amateur barista. I am on a mission to help forward-thinking entrepreneurs succeed and grow by understanding two simple rules. Crisis is a clarity opportunity, and the question is never really the question. Today, I am putting my barista skills to the test and sharing a cup of coffee with resilient problem solvers from all over the world. Let's get started. In this episode of Deepak Has Coffee, we hear part two of my interview with my brothers, Manoj Madnani, founder and CEO of DSA Investments, and Dr. Dilip Madnani, a double board certified facial plastic surgeon in New York. In part one, we discussed how each of our entrepreneurial passions were inspired by an upbringing focused on innovation and exploration. Specifically, we discussed the differences between each of our entrepreneurial endeavors, being raised as citizens of the world, and how becoming comfortable with opportunities has allowed us to have courage when taking on new ventures. You can hear part one on episode seven of Deepa Coffee. In part two, my brothers return to continue our conversations on the many facets of entrepreneurship and how we are each pursuing business growth and success. Listen in as we discuss healthy forecasting by putting our past into perspective, staying relevant, and giving ourselves permission to recalibrate. We'll also discuss how listening improves business sustainability and how having the right mentors can change everything. And now, part two of my interview with my brothers, Manoj and Dr. Dilip Madnani. You were just talking about putting in the effort, but not really seeing the results. This is a really important point for entrepreneurs in general the understanding of this idea of progress. We are in this world of instant gratification. A lot of what we come to expect this to, we we want to see a result tomorrow. It's kind of like losing weight or getting fit. We want to see a result tomorrow. We want this this magic pill. What we don't realize or what's hard to see and, and the perspective that's needed is understanding that the work you're putting, the grind that's going through is part of the learning curve and is part of the progress curve. If you were to talk to yourself in three year increments, I almost feel that would be a much better conversation than talking to yourself in those crucible moments, even monthly periods or weekly periods where it's like, what's happening?
1: How am I approaching life? How do you guys keep perspective, Manoj? One of my favorite words that I live and try and plan around is the word called relevance. I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm relevant, that I am the oxygen in every ecosystem that I am actually in. So therefore, that's my drive. So I want to be relevant as a parent, relevant as a brother, relevant as a son, relevant as a father, as a boss, as a colleague, as a nephew. I just want to make sure that I can add value. And even when I'm going through my dark moments, which I do, we all question ourselves and we say, are we going to hit that goal we have in our mind? And it's tough. I mean, you have to sit there and then It's not something you want to go and, you know, talk about, but you have a few people that you can lean on and you get guidance and you get inspired. And I think you create your inspiration and that comes out of a lot of perspiration, right? Because you sit there and you actually start sweating about what if this thing does not happen? And then you sit and actually visualize, you have this negative visualization of your entire world crumbling. And then I think that to me gives me my jolt and says well hang on a second i don't want to go there i actually want to go there so how do i keep myself relevant how do i make this thing happen and we're allowed to recalibrate and change our mind all the time so if something's not working i'm going to recalibrate immediately and shift it right so that's the motivation tool for myself all right dilap how do you help maintain your perspective now
0: now it's easier because you have a lot more to look back on so kind of touching to what you mentioned about having these three-year conversations but you do these exercises. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago? What would you tell yourself 20 years ago? And even now I tell myself the same thing. Number one is just have patience because you're trust the process, have patience, you're doing the right things. And number two is just so corny, but just the whole this whole gratitude thing is just keeping things in perspective. Even just as recently as two weeks ago, I literally have to be like patience and gratitude and tell myself that. And right now, those are the two things that kind of ground me right now because you want things yesterday. But then if you look at your track record, you're like actually in a better place than you were last year and 10 years ago and 20 years ago. So we just put that all in perspective, even though you're having the same micro frustrations. I think Gary V talks about the sky and the dirt or something clouds in the dirt. In the clouds perspective, you're okay. And then in the dirt perspective, that's when you get your microaggressions. And I think what Elon Musk quote, or they say he quoted is we underestimate what we can do in 10 years and overestimate what we can do in a year or vice versa. And that's also true. So, you know, coming back to this point of we've all had this father who was a pioneering entrepreneur, but with that, I almost feel he was addicted to his ambition and constantly bet the house. So this is, of course, with the benefit of hindsight, right? We effectively went into a family bankruptcy. That was when I joined the business the last four years, helping to close up shop. And that was a traumatic time for me. That defined my perspective going forward. And so it's so interesting because people will say, hey, he's come from an entrepreneurial family. He knew what to do. In fact, I did an interview yesterday, another entrepreneur whose father was a serial entrepreneur. But it was interesting to hear that he got a lot of advice from his father. I think we got a lot of inspiration from my father. But like you said, Manoj, when you joined the business, there was no blueprint. There was no internship. We have been brought up with trial by fire and that went on. It still happens. It's less and less because we're getting better at this, this trial by fire. So there's two points here. The one point here is I wish there was a blueprint because I've been searching for that blueprint and there isn't one, unfortunately. We'll talk about that. But the second one is that as entrepreneurs, we're also activated by crisis. Unfortunately, our best work comes when we're most challenged. What would you guys say to the statement? Our best work comes when we're most challenged.
1: So I think for me, and this is why I've chosen a field of focusing on special situations. I've worked the last five or six years. I've been involved in actually three bankruptcies globally, buying companies out of bankruptcy, structuring them, India, US, UK. I look for a very challenging situation and I think I apply my best work when things are not going well. And that to me is the blueprint that I use because I go back and actually what's interesting now, I really don't spend time reading about entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses. I actually read about entrepreneurs that have caused the business to go bankrupt and I want to understand why. And I'm gonna quote Robin Sharma here who says, when you have that black belt mentality and you think you know everything, the biggest cause of failure is success. You mm. think you have the Midas touch. The day you think that you blow up. So yeah. you got to keep that white belt mentality. So what's interesting is I definitely am calmer now today than I was five years ago. I definitely listen a lot more than I used to. But what's interesting is I take the time to ask the questions and I just want to understand why our companies successful in their market caps for eight to 10 years? Why do they fall off a cliff? Why is there no sustainability? Why hasn't there been, i give you a simple example, why is there no three or four generation Cindy business like a Mars, like a Estee Lauder, et cetera, et cetera? And I sort of sit there and I look at it like saying, what is the reason why there's no global Indian business today? Sure, there are some big names out there, Tata a Et cetera. But why hasn't any entrepreneur built a legacy that transcends multi generations? And it's because I think the lack of, I think ego management, you think you know everything. So I try now to keep myself in check as much as I can to understand that I do not know everything and I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to bring in the best people. If I need to focus on a specific industry where I believe I have the relationship to secure the transaction, then I have to go get the financing, I gotta get the right people to go run the business. It's not about me anymore. It's about what I can do as a team. That's how I think now. Thanks. That was a good one.
0: Philip, how have you brought your past tribulations into your vision now? How has it guided you to when you came back? How has the last five years been run differently compared to before that? You've made a ton of progress in the last three to five years. But that's built upon the all the work done the prior So that was all the groundwork for what was happening now. So it's 10 years. It's my 10-year anniversary back in New York. So you always hear it takes 10 years to, especially in my field, it says it takes 10 years to establish and grow. So I'm at the point where the systems are in place from the last 10 years. They're not perfect systems, and there's a lot of improving to do. But it's because of all the work the last 10 years that it's showing itself now. But it's been 10 years of blood, sweat, and tears for that. So what I said earlier about while there isn't, but there is a blueprint for entrepreneurs. I think it's how we look at the metrics. I think what you refer to is, I mean, there are quote unquote principles, but there's no recipe book, but there's principles to follow. And I think if you have those few basic guiding principles and you work around that, it's all very, you keep using the word binary, but it's all purely binary when you stick to certain principles. My staff know if there's ever a question like, the most binary question, I tell them all the time, no matter what the issue is, doesn't matter whether it's a doorbell doesn't work, we ran out of lidocaine, or the patient's running late, or so-and-so is sick, or there's no more paper. It's like, what do we do? The very basic question is, if I'm not around, or there's no guidance, the basic question is, what's best for the patient and the patient interest? That's it. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands, or buts. So for me, that's a very binary principle around which I can run everything. It's one of the quote-unquote principles. There's no how-to of how I answer that question. It's a quote-unquote relative. It's a very curt relative because there's very little room for error when you have that in the basic. That's why I say entrepreneurs are creative. It's a creative process, actually, because the problems we're solving are different for everybody and unique for everybody. And they're unique because we get to bring our flavor of our experience to that challenge, to that opportunity. So this is a question I want to ask you guys as we're closing and we're wrapping up because I have an answer to this as well from my side. This episode, I want to talk about my answer to this. Manoj, let me ask you something. As you said, you're going to be listening more. So coming back to that question of what would you tell yourself 10 to 15 years ago? But I have a twist to that question. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago that you would have actually listened to?
1: I would have probably told myself not to judge a book by its cover. There's a lot more in people or in situations than meets the eye. And do the homework well and understand things from a granular point of view versus at the surface. That's a powerful point because part of what
0: I'm hoping the world will introduce for entrepreneurs is a different set of metrics of which we really need to understand what a result means. We know we're so focused and a lot of it is because we feel we don't have the income that we want. We don't have the lifestyle that we want. We don't have the profits that we want. There's so much, and I think that's what why the journeys can be so painful for entrepreneurs. There's so much that we throw the baby out with the bathwater almost by not evaluating the experience clearly. And so your point of not judging a book by its cover, we always say really understanding. But what you're really saying is understanding to the point of clarity, but with the right metrics, not based off your judgments. We are talking about judgments based off even the traps that you have. So entrepreneurship there, your point, just to take that deeper, it's self-awareness. Absolutely. And this is what I talk a lot about. Are you driven by scarcity or abundance? And that to me is binary. And when I talk about this stuff during growth, where the scarcity metrics are money, time, and effort, and the abundance metrics are actually focused on clarity of your talents, energy, and motivation along those lines. And that needs practice because no one's going to teach you that. And that's part of that practice.
1: Is that making sense? And then one has to do the homework to such a level that allows you to get into that mindset. There's a lot of things we know, and they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. If I had that skill set when we went through our family's financial issues in 97, 98, if I could go back in time today with that skill set, I would have probably come out with a plan that would have been phenomenal, because that's what I do today. I look at distressed situations. And I'm like, all right, here's how we can resolve it. And this is what needs to happen. And this is how we can turn a roadkill into a beautiful barbecue, All right, This is the mindset I have in my mind. So how do you go from scarcity into abundance is exactly the same thing.
0: Great, Dalab, I'm going to ask you the same question. What would you tell yourself 10 years ago, some piece of advice that you would have actually listened to? I don't know if I would have listened to anybody 10 years ago. Okay, that's super honest. I guess for me, I would have taken advice from somebody and I'm I didn't. I would have taken advice from somebody who's doing what I'm doing now, telling me what to do or making suggestions. But I guess my disadvantage early on and my advantage early on is that I had zero mentors in my space. because I didn't understand that I was an entrepreneur. I was a medical entrepreneur. I didn't understand that or I didn't look at it. I just thought I was a doctor. I thought, Once I became a doctor, that was the end-all be-all and everything would just be hunky-dory right after. And that was another big shock for me that, no, whoa, I got to start now. I start when I finish my residency. So at 32 is when I start again, everything. I didn't plan. Like I just thought I'd become a doctor and that was it. The person I would have taken advice from is somebody who's doing what I'm doing now that would have guided me, but I didn't really have that then. I didn't really have much other advice because once again, I didn't have really much advice or mentorship growing up with that respect for in my career. But once again, I'm glad I didn't listen to that because I'm able to do things now without being held to the constraints of what somebody in my position would have told me back then. It does make sense. And because I know you, I can also add that you are actually much more open today. Like you said, you wouldn't have listened to advice earlier, but you're also much more open to the right advice as well. And you're smarter about what that means as an equation. Am I allowed to make that assessment? It's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. No, no, I, I, I own it. I, I Listen, it's not a secret. I had one of my team members sat me down yesterday. She goes, you realize that because my manager is on maternity leave. So now there's no buffer between all my staff and me. Having to deal with me directly on a day-to-day is a little tough. So she's like, you realize you're a little tough to deal with directly? I'm like, yes, I know that, which is why we need a manager ASAP. She goes, oh, you know that? I'm like, yeah, I know I'm hard to talk to. She goes, oh, I feel so much better. I thought, <laughs> I thought that that you thought you were doing everything great. I'm like, no, I need people to help me. I'm not perfect. I have lots of spaces I need help with, which is why I pick people in this position that are better than me. She goes, oh, I feel so much better. So, you know, you're touching on another topic. That's great. That's so funny. So this blueprint that I keep referring to, which is an art, not a science, or there's partly science, partly binary. There are golden rules. And I was interviewing another guest, Vikas Pota. who was talking about truisms that are just have to happen with respect to entrepreneurship. So self-awareness is one thing. You know, that's part of my superpower when I coach under Growth Edge. Actually, my whole tool is because of, I'm an entrepreneur. I understand the journey of crisis. The journey of crisis is a journey of self-crisis, actually. The only Difference between a successful entrepreneur and one who hasn't been successful yet is mindset. And we keep talking about that, but what does that actually mean? And somebody outside the eye of the storm, which is you, so somebody outside of you can help you, but with the right framework. And a lot of that framework is really, so I've got these tools, right? And I shared with these tools with uh, you guys before, and I talk about it in Growth Edge, but understanding your traps is very important. But Dilip, I mean, like for yourself, I think, and Manoj, like you, you were getting very honest talking about, I'm going to listen more, right? Dilip, was I just don't listen to anybody. right? So I mean, you can tell this is a theme within our family as well. So let's just be honest here. And part of that blueprint for entrepreneurs starting up is you've heard us. So we've got 25 years of experience at least under our belts. Manu just got close to 30. But the experience feels like it's three times that. So I always feel like we've we've lived like three or four lifetimes already. So I think for rule number one is people have to understand that this is a long game. The experience is part of What's going to be adding value to you? Manoj Manoj is able to transition this crisis experience into now distressed assets. This is not him being clever. No, this is the value proposition. This is a unique value of Manoj. Nobody can take that skill set away from him. Dilip will understand soon, but he's got clear patterns within his past. That's what's allowing him to be successful today. He needs to just double down on that. And then plus, of course, innovate. What keeps us going is the innovation aspect. And we all have to also then understand that this word progress, evaluating experience, not just learning, but evaluating experiences and looking at the results, not just from a profit and loss point of view, but from the experience, from the relationship, from the talents, from the capabilities point of view, and then how your unique talent has been amplified and that experience has been has kicked in. So that's why I say there is a roadmap for us that I wish I had, but this is where we all talk about this masterminds, trusted peer groups, trusted advisors that we want to talk to. To share and learn and grow. Manoj, what do you do to stay motivated? I speak to
1: three people every day, just without any expectation. I just call them just to check in on them. And that's what I've done this entire year. So I actually write down three people that I'm going to reach out to every day. And these are friends of mine or people that I've not spoken to in a while just to check in, not to ask for anything. And I make sure that it's very old school, but I call people on their birthday just to tell them that i'm thinking of them and i just want to give them a virtual hug and i just want to hear their voice and tell them happy birthday and that to me is the relationship connector that i have in my heart manoj is
0: relationship capability is a superpower it's a world-class superpower and i don't mean that <laughs> out of insincerity but this is it's an amazing gift that he does treasure so that is great Dilip, how do you stay motivated <laughs> I said, at this point, there's no excuse and partly scarcity mindset. I'm never going to give that part up. That's kind of what keeps me motivated. And then you see your family also. And that kind of what keeps you motivated too. And then you have your internal motivation just to be the best that you can. And that's, once again, sounds corny, but that's just it. The best version of you. It's interesting. Dilip was an artist growing up or had that capability, but that medical passion, which he's doing now. He was a model student grade-wise he's just effortless at his grades and school. I mean, him and I both did really well, but he did exceptionally well. And we all went to great colleges. That doesn't mean much. But what I mean to say is we all ended up in places that I think reflected us. Manoj went to Babson College, Della went to Brown University, I went to Georgetown University, School of Foreign Service, Business. I was clueless growing up. In many respects, I, I still feel that I'm still on that I enjoy that journey of discovery. It's, it's who I am. But coming back to Dilip, I noticed a while ago, and I'm not sure if he noticed it so clearly, but again, being outside what you do, Dilip just enjoys watching and seeing his patients transform. A lot of people look at this industry and saying it's so superficial. But if you can see the psychological impact absolutely that Dilip is having on his patients, did just share a short story. I mean, even if it's 10 seconds, but just share like, maybe it's a story that you were like, wow, I'm contributing to this. I'm able to do this. I mean, it's transformational, right? I mean, you work men or women. It's, I'm not, to so the type of plastic surgery I do, we call it aging phase. So there's parts of your, there's things that age that you just can't help. Like you can't exercise, you can't make it better. Whether you're next, you just can't do anything about it. But everyone on the inside you know, we're living longer, healthier lives. We're all active. We're almost 50. just 50. We're almost 50. And we feel like we're in our 20s and 30s, but our faces don't keep up with us, right? So there are things you do. And I literally have 50, 60-year-olds that I'll, you do a little facelift on them and literally men are opening doors for them again, or they're dressing better, or people turn heads. It's these little, little things. They get their confidence back. It's just part of a persona. You bring out what's there. You, know, you shine a light on what's there and then they go on about their life. It's amazing to be part of these transformations because I mean, you know, I, you cut people's faces. It's this very small margin for error. You can't hide it under a t-shirt. I think it's fun, fun work. I don't know if you can hear what I can hear, but this is where Dilip's perfectionism, that double-edged sword is so powerful for what he does. By the same time, it's so tough on himself because he wants himself to be perfect as well. Look, our journeys are a reflection of who we are our journeys polish us. We're not even talking about COVID during this conversation. And maybe we can have another conversation in a couple of months and just to talk about how you guys are navigating that. But I wanted to get our stories out. So thankful to the both of you for making
1: the time. Thank you for having us, Deepak, for having us.
0: Thank you for joining the conversation today. Did you have any moments of clarity? I would love for you to rate and review this episode. Your feedback is crucial to tailoring this content for your growth needs. If you would like to hear more, please be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and or message me on DM at DeepakSCoffee.com.